Light from Lantern presents Knit a Spell. I'm magical maker Katie Rempe. And I'm the maker of magic, James Devine. Join us as we stitch together the symbiotic relationship between crafting and the craft. Hey there, Jim. Hey, Katie. How are you doing? Pretty well. Here we are in the middle of summer. Oh my gosh, I know. It's uh, it's roasting. All the grass is the color of hay. My dog disappears in it. They're the same color. She loves it, though. Oh, that's right. You have one of those dogs the color of the top of bread. That's right. <laughs> She's very you know what? You know what I noticed about the pandemic? What? Bread has had a comeback. Oh my gosh. Yes, mm-hmm. it has uh, I, I th- risen in popularity. Oh, and you know, we just had, we just came out of the beginning of August, which is a uh, magical, one of the witches' Sabbaths called Lamas or Loaf Mass, right? Ah. Which is all about the mystery of the grain. The grain is harvested. It's the first grain harvest. And often there's these rituals around bread Mm. and the baking of bread and the breaking of the baking of bread, the breaking of bread, the mystery of the grain. And so you also look around and we see everything is toasty, right? So the, mm-hmm. the grasses are getting toasty. The leaves are at their biggest on the trees. The snails have eaten away some of the leaves yep. and your dog disappears in the toasty grass because everyone's a color of bread. And I was just thinking the other day, bread has had a comeback. You know, everyone has their sourdough starter in the yep. back of the fridge that, you know, like the pandemic yeast. A million. I I have a huge ass bag of yeast, and yes. we were just thinking, you know, remember when everyone was gluten free and bread was bad, and everyone was on keto before the pandemic. That all went out the window. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think the pandemic did a lot for bread's uh, branding. I think bread is back. Yeah, I think that's um, a really good reflection. Maybe we'll have to reach out to uh, bread.com just to let them know. <laughs> they're not aware. You know, Brought to you by right. company or whatever. <laughs> this episode is not at all sponsored by the Bread Bakers of America or anything like that. Yeah, that's right. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of bread, however. So if you'd like to reach out, you can reach out to us at Nittispell at podcast. <laughs> at Nittispell.com. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Well, hey, (laughs) moving on from the delicious topic of simple carbohydrates, Right. let's talk about what are we talking about? Well, this week we're talking about patterns as spells and divination for design. That's right. Actually, I mean, before we get into it, I was recipes themselves. I have always thought are spells, so it's kind of appropriate that we would start there and then lead into how it's also sort of similar, I think, to knitting patterns. But yeah, and divination that, and yeah. divination, like, will my bread rise like that yeah. is will the yeast, you know, and the patterns of that. So those are really connected. When we were talking about this, we really think about how spells and divination are really connected and we can see that that correlation between those two things. So mm. this week spells and divination Ooh. patterns and design yes. and how those connect. Okay. This is exciting. All right. So let's start with patterns and spells. Let's do it. So in your opinion as the one with the most magical background in the room, uh, what is a spell to you? 
So to me, a spell is, um, I think it is, and I'm going to use the word pattern also, interestingly. Um, I think it is a way to set up a structure, to set up a pattern in a way, um, because a lot of times we lay things out, right? We lay things out physically, tangibly, right? But it's a way to set up a um, a visualization or a pattern in our mind to focus our intent or our will to um, shift the probability of something happening, right? Oh, okay. So let's say I want to, I want to create a spell for um, healing. Let's say a friend of mine was in a bicycle accident and is, um, you know, broke a rib, right? And I want, I want that that friend of mine. I want her to to heal, and I want to help her heal, right? And so I might do a spell um, with magical herbs, and I might <clears throat> infuse some tea with magical and edible, obviously, and really nourishing herbs. And, or I might make her some chicken soup. And in that soup, I might actually add some nourishing herbs like garlic and some basil and some love that I'm putting in there. And I'm, you know, uh, using a pattern of a spiral or a positive sign in the soup and then bringing it over to her to have her eat with the love and the healing and all the things that I've put into that soup to help her heal. Right. So that could be seen as a spell. I could pray. I could do a prayer or incantation or a, uh, an, uh, a petition to a saint or to deity. And that could be seen as a spell in that way. Right. And so there are patterns that, um, that are um, asking for, or that are, am focusing intent, will, and magical energy towards an outcome. Mm. And so in this case, the example was healing, but it could certainly be for anything that we desire. So let's talk about patterns. So describe, like, I'm not really familiar with patterns. I thought people just knit and sort of like, okay, I'm just going to knit until I have met it's sort of magic to me because I don't know how it, <laughs> right. works, how it so works so much, even out. though I've started, you just sure. knit either around in a circle and then it ends up being a tube or in a line and then it ends up being a scarf. And I guess you just do those. But then I realized, oh, there are patterns, but I look at those patterns and they just look like, you know, those old dot matrix printers <laughs> that print out a bunch of like garbage yes. that on their test sheets. Yep. That's what those look like to me. And I'm like, I have no, I see the ones Richard is doing for his crochet work my husband. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. I don't understand how to read that. So what is a pattern? So for knitting, I mean, you make a great point. You could just be very basic about it. And if you only knew how to cast on and knit until you finish, you know, as long as you want, you which know, is me well, for the record, that's great. You know, you all have to start somewhere. Um, that gives you a little intro of what you're doing. So it's not completely, you know, a foreign language, at least at that point. But um, but the pattern helps it go from being something that is just sort of the default to being extra. 
So, you know, instead of it being just a circular tube that maybe becomes a cowl, maybe you end up doing increases in certain uh, areas over a certain amount of time that ends up growing two sleeves from it also and the body. And then you take off those and start working those separately. So it's very organic in that way. But if you don't know the roadmap of how to get there, which is the pattern, then you you could probably, I mean, you know, somebody figured it out, but uh, by following the pattern, you can do it more precisely and a lot faster. And in theory, this person has done it before, so you can trust them. So without having to rip it out and knit it again and rip it out and knit it again to figure it out. Right. Yeah. That's the designer's job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Many people have ripped it out and knit it again. That's right. So that you. It's a joy for us, the designers. <laughs> so that you, dear, dear maker, don't have to do that. Exactly. Or only have to do that when you didn't follow the pattern. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in its more basic sense, that's the knitting pattern. It's directions on how to make exactly what is pictured there um, right. and the directions how to do it. So yeah. like you said, well, if, if you don't know what it is, it does look like a total foreign language. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true with um, magic spells, too. I mean... There are basic spells, which are simply thinking of someone in need or thinking of something that you need and then thinking about like and in, in imagining what you want or imagining what you need <clears throat> and focusing energy on that. That would be a very basic spell. And then doing something more elaborate with, you know, cre- crafting some elaborate, you know, ritualized you know, magical spell. Mm -hmm. So those there's like levels to which you could do something. And I imagine that with making, there's probably very simple. I mean, I am currently knitting, still knitting something where I'm just knitting in a row. Right. Which is, I still can't remember what that is. If it's garter stitch. Oh yeah. I'm just doing garter stitch, which is like the simplest thing Mm -hmm. possible. And then I think you're knitting something rather elaborate which has all kinds of different types of stitches and, and yarn overs and and then changes in color and changes in yarn and things like Mm -hmm. that, that creates a much more elaborate, you know, design. So it's the same with any kind of spell that we would do. You could do that. Yes. I mean, just, and that's how I feel about magic. Exactly. You know, for me, it's a little overwhelming the amount that I don't know, but for the knitting aspect, it's, it's a lot, you know, you have to keep reminding me to explain things, you know, to our listeners, because for me, it's just, oh, you don't know, <laughs> but I know. So, um, so that. Right. I mean, I can say the word yarn over, but I still don't know. I have no it's idea what it yeah. is, except <laughs> I think Chiron, I'm like, that. it's a thing. It's a thing. Chiron is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. It's this asteroid that is our wounded healer. And it means something in my chart. What is it again? Right. I mean, but you already know way more than me. (laughs) (laughs) Because Chiron has taught me a lot of lessons. And so when we do our astrology episode, we'll get into it. Mm, Well, very good. Mm -hmm. All right. So I look forward to that one. Um, But I mean, so, so think of it this way, you know, your, um, ribbon that you're making is a great, uh, simple project, perfect for meditation. So, you know, if you really wanted to infuse it with energy of the mind, you know, using it sort of 
as a person would maybe use like a rosary beads sort of situation, you know, every row could have a certain chant. And then when you cast it on, it could say a certain thing. And then when you bind it off, you can sort of close your spell at that point, too. Um, and these are all sort of aspects plus some that I actually brought to one of my designs, which is the Traveler's Talisman. Yes. Is, That's, is I want to... Shout out at this point. So. I want to talk about that. So I got to see a sneak preview and we've been talking about it the last couple episodes. So if you've been listening, this is the episode where we get to, we're going to dive in a little bit. So you created this amazing, is it a cowl or a scarf? It's like a scarf wrap, but you could certainly wrap it around to be a cowl. So it's one, it's a scarf. It's not connected at the ends, right? Correct. Yes. Right. Okay. So it's a scarf and it's called the Traveler's Talisman. So let's start by just talking about what is what was its original intent? So I, I'm going to talk about the Traveler's Talisman from a magical perspective first. Is that okay? Please. So when you do a spell, the first thing that I recommend is crystallize the vision. And this is inspired by a really brilliant man in the Pacific Northwest named Black Sun. And he talks about when you do ritual, when you do spells, crystallize your vision. What is it? What is the transformation? What is the intent? What is the purpose of your spell or your ritual? Crystallize that purpose, crystallize that vision and understand what is this going to do for you? So I want to ask you, you did a lot of thinking about what this is for, what, what its intent is, and you got real clear on it. What is the crystallized type of vision, intent, purpose of the traveler's talisman? What is it for? So specifically for me, it was a project that I designed during Mercury Retrograde where I wanted something that whether I was working on it at the time or wearing it, I could have something on me to be the barrier between myself and the world. Um, and so I wanted it to be um, almost like my cloak of invisibility with a little bit of luck. So that was, that yes. was it. I wanted invisibility plus luck. <laughs> okay. So this is a really powerful example of a crystallized vision that you had in your mind. So it's almost like a shield, like you created a magical shield and you infused it with two words, invisibility or she and protect. I really heard it more as protection, but you wanted that protection to be in the form of invisibility mm -hmm. and luck. Yes. So this is really fantastic, right? Mm -hmm. Now there are certain times when invisibility can work against you, like when you're driving. Yes, a car. Right. You do not want to be traveling, and when you're driving, you do not want to be invisible because. That's when the semi truck will not see you mm -hmm. and pull and run over you, right? Yes. You do not want to be invisible when you need help mm -hmm. or when you are in a crowd and people trample, you know, crush you out when they're moving from the gate, when when the the flight moves from gate N17 to gate C4. Right. Yes. And the crowd moves onto the, you know, down escalator and you're only five foot four and you need to get, you know. Yes. Right. Yes, so that's true. when you'll want to put that traveler's talisman into your handbag and be like, I'm here. Get out of my way. That's <laughs> right. right. Yes. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, my invisibility was for bad luck specifically, but um, generally that's a great tip. Like we said, we've knitted these magic spells before. Yes. So word to the wise from some experience. Mm-hmm. These are things to know. So, yes. but you've knitted this with this intent, right? Yes. Invisibility mm-hmm. as a form of protection and luck. Yes. Fabulous example. Fabulous example. And that means you're going to use it in these ways. So how did you incorporate what, what sort of tools, what sort of things did you do to bring invisibility mm-hmm. into and luck into this talisman? So in particular, I, I concentrated on some color magic. So I did two shades of gray. And then um, one... And the gray represented... uh, The invisibility or sort of like, you know, overlooking, uh, you know, things going by me, just that neutrality. Fade fade into the background of the the walls and the concrete of the sidewalk. It becomes so much more yes. Um, And then the green was obviously for the luck. Um, So (laughs) bad luck passing me by and good luck finding me. So Awesome. Yes. Um, and then I also used some stitch patterns that I was thinking were pretty symbolic. So I have um, stripes in it, which are gray and green. And then the green areas are these garter ridges. So in those areas, those are sort of like seen as my lucky breaks. You know, those times where you're like, oh, well, that was sure lucky or oof, that really worked out for me. Um, and since I was doing a lot of traveling during Mercury retrograde, which is why I inspired this whole thing, I was like, wouldn't it be nice to have a little luck on my side in a time that's not normally seen as so lucky? So mm-hmm. um, so that was taken into consideration. And then I also have um, a section in the center that's the lighter gray that's all this eyelet net with the idea that, again, sort of like the badness would sieve through and then it would catch like a net any of the good things. So bad things are small. They go through anyway. Big things are good. You catch them. So <laughs> I love it. So you have this little net <clears throat> net in the middle that um, allows what is for you to come through. Mm. It allows that is not for you to go through and keeps what's for you you know, there. And I think that's just absolutely brilliant. And it's a, here's, what's also great. It's a beautiful piece. It's a beautiful design. Like when you look at it, it's actually really gorgeous as a piece. Okay. I am totally inspired. I hope you, that you who are listening are inspired by this. Is this available to people? Can I knit the traveler's talisman if I want to? Well, if it's not available at the time that this episode is released, then you can at least sign up for my newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. And when it is, you'll be the first to know. And you might even get a nice little exclusive discount. What? Okay. Well, that's exciting. So (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) If not now, then soon. So I'm working on it. Don't worry, guys. (laughs) I, I love this. I think this is a great example of how to bring spells and making together. Mm -hmm. And this can work not just with knitting. Obviously you can crochet a really beautiful, my husband is working on a gorgeous green pineapple, Mm -hmm. uh, a pineapple stitch crocheted shawl that I think is a perfect example of something that can, you know, really hold a lot of magical intent. Mm. Um, I think you can weave something that's like weaving a a rug or a a mat or something that is protective or that has these sort of things in it. I can see this work for any kind of making. Yep. 
even cooking, which we were just talking about earlier. Absolutely. So, yeah. Fantastic. Ideas, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we should take a little break. And awesome. when we come back, let's talk about divination and design. Wonderful. We'll do it. We'll see you right back here in just a minute. Katie. Jim. You know, I've been hearing a lot lately from people how I'm so much more than a palm reader. So I'm cooking something up and I'm going to launch something kind of amazing. Wait a minute. Are you keeping secrets from me? Mm, yes. Yes. And if you want to know more about it, the first place I'm going to start talking about it. Oh, it's it, probably your Instagram, right? <laughs> no, actually, that's the last place. It's going to be my email list. Oh, of course. I always try to give a little gift with my emails. It's a little modern mudra they can use, a little free download they can download, a meditation I want people to subscribe to my email list so that they get this announcement later this year with my thing that I'm making. Oh my gosh. Well, you heard it here first. Don't miss out on this awesome upcoming announcement, which you can find on Jim's email list. Hey, Jim, how can people go ahead and sign up for that email list? Go to thedivinehand.com and hit subscribe at the top in the navigation bar. It's just that easy. All right, everybody, no excuses. Get on it. I bet you were just thinking about how much you love signing up for newsletters, right? What a coincidence. So was I. The Light from Lantern newsletter, in fact. It includes unique offerings like the Light from Lantern's new monthly themes, advanced pattern release announcements and exclusive discounts, news regarding your favorite podcast, Knit a Spell, magical making advice, and more. And because I think you're pretty cool, like you didn't already know, I'll send you an exclusive pattern that's only available to my newsletter subscribers as my thank you. Learn more and sign up today at lightfromlantern.com. Welcome back. So... Let's uh let's now dive in to divination for design. Oh, I love this topic. Me too. Duh. Of course. <laughs> of course. You, of course. I you would. <laughs> of course you love it. Right. Well, you know. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. <laughs> so, so Jim the magician, uh Jim the witch, what what is your background on divination? Um what is it from your perspective? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that I'm going to give you the non-definitive answer because Perfect. if you ask, it's another one of those answers that is only going to get us into trouble because, ah. uh, wait, no, we want people commenting. Oh, ooh, okay. Oh, yeah. This is the only way it can be then. Yeah, this is the only <laughs> answer. This is the answer. And all those other podcasts are wrong. Yeah, period. Man. Yeah, period. Okay. <laughs> right, so let's see what happens <laughs> let's see if our twitter feed blows up oh wait do we don't have a twitter feed let's twitter see if our instagram blows up there we go <laughs> <laughs> so divination is yes oh that feels so uncomfortable Ooh. um divination i th i think of divination as using a system to recognize and identify patterns and then using those patterns as a way of accessing wisdom and, and allowing ourselves to see wisdom and, and intuit and, and recognize information and suss out truths and information that is sort of recognizable within those patterns. Mm. To me, divination is, um, for some people, they're real clear that like it has nothing to do with like 
our psychology, or it is really distinct from anything sort of like scientific and it's purely uh, uh, metaphysical and magical. Mm. And I think that we human beings are magical. And I think that there's no difference between our physical bodies and our psychological bodies and our magical bodies. Mm. And so I am completely okay with the fact that our psychology is part of our magic. So I think that as we look at patterns and as we're seeing things, our psychology and our human biases and, and the way that human beings make things look like faces, make things look like meaning, that we are our meaning-making machines as human beings play into it. And that is part of what is beautiful about being humans is that we are naturally going to um, string things together and make things mean different things. And I think that that is the psychological part of divination. And then there is this really unexplained and mystical and magical way that the other sort of information comes through in divination. So divination can be done in a myriad of ways. There is hundreds and hundreds, look up divinatory methods on Wikipedia. There are hundreds and hundreds of listings, all of which are fascinating, but you know, some of them. Yes. Some of them are the common ones, Mm -hmm. astrology, and there's big, there are larger umbrella terms like the word cartomancy or cartomancy, mm-hmm. which is using cards for divination. You can use playing cards or oracle cards, or as many people know, tarot cards or tarot cards, mm-hmm. which Katie, I think, what is your preferred method of divination, Katie? Uh, yeah, I actually do like tarot cards a lot. Um, and I've also been dabbling with um, like a muscle response kind of divination sort of. Ooh, muscle response. Yeah. You want to describe that? So it's supposed to be like uh, really good for a yes or no kind of answer. Um, another very like using yourself to answer the question kind of a thing. Um, I've heard a couple of different ways. One where you put your middle finger over your index finger, uh, like where the nail bed is. And then if you are asking your question and you push and it's weak, uh, the answer is no. And if you push and you feel it's a strong response, the answer is yes. Um, but also you could do it by linking your two, uh, thumb and four fingers together intertwining with each other and then asking the question and try to pull them apart. If it breaks, it's a no. If, you can if it doesn't, break the circle. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's another muscle response where you hold an object in your hand, mm-hmm. like a crystal or a food or something. And if it, the food is, if the crystal food or herb is bane to you, which is negative for you mm-hmm. and you hold your arm straight out, someone can push your arm down someone can push your arm down. That means it's not for you. Mm -hmm. And if someone can't, if it's a strong response and they can't push your arm down easily, then it's boon to you or it's good for you. Right. And so that's another way that I've seen muscle response happening is whether you have a strong, whether this item or this food or this thing is a strong response or a weak response for you is another way to do muscle testing. So that's another very common thing. So I love that you're into that. And I've never heard about the hand one. That's really cool. So if you're watching, you can watch these episodes on YouTube or on Instagram, and you can see Katie do the example of holding your finger, your index finger, your middle finger against the nail bed of your index finger, or the links um, linking your um, index and thumb in a little chain and then seeing if you could pull them apart or not. Mm. So check out the video to see that. So there's lots of other divinatory practices. There's pendulums, there's 
um, spirit boards or talking boards. There's um, reading runes. any other. There's runes, casting Promissory. runes or rocks. <laughs> there's reading parts of the body. You can read the shape of someone's. Any part of the body can be read. You can read feet. You can read lips. You can read the irises of the eye. You can read the shape of the head. And of course, you can read people's palms, which is what I'm known to do. Good. Probably my main sort of thing. Although I've recently been getting into astrology mm-hmm. and as you've seen on Instagram, I've recently yes. also been getting into tarot and that's been a lot of fun and uh, we've been doing some cool stuff. So yes. And there's just like a zillion other things. I mean, even like, like we were talking about earlier, the way the bread might bake or the way your candle burns down from your spell. I mean, the you way the wax melts. Anything. Yes. <laughs> you can pour wax into water the way the wax spreads out and freezes in the water you can lift that out and read that you can read the the occurrence or the flight pattern or the actions of birds that's called there's there's a i forget what that's called now that i'm on the spot but that's a way of of divination you could read animal droppings that's called scatomancy um, or scatomancy right um you can read the entrails of animals as you butcher them you can read the way fish swim, the migratory patterns of any animal. Mm. Um, there's geomancy, which is using um, the way I actually don't exactly understand geomancy, even though I took a class on it one time. <laughs> um, you can throw sticks on the ground. You can you can do this um, mm. Celtic um, um, divinatory practice called the ogham which is really interesting or the Chinese version that's kind of similar called the I Ching, which can be used with coins or can be used with sticks. Mm. I mean, we can just list you listening. You probably know of divinatory practices. We're not listing, but now we will read the entire list of divinatory practices off of Wikipedia. That's right. Starting with a just kidding. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, there's a bazillion types of divinatory ways. And if you've thought of it, if you thought of it or you haven't thought of it, you could do it. And there's a lady who thought of reading butts and she made it up and it actually worked. It's called rumpology. And that's, that's pretty cool. Right. It was actually, um, uh, you know, that is a whole practice that has come out of that one lady that, that made it up. So, so how do we use, how do we use divination in everyday life? Mm -hmm. How do we assist design work? So this was a, this was the question we were asking each other. So Katie, did you use any divination when you were making your traveler's talisman? Did, did divination play a role in that at all? Uh, so I usually do a tarot card reading for, uh, every project that I start. Um, yeah, I know. (laughs) That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, surprise! Um, to give me sort of an idea uh, if it's a good idea, if it's going to go over well, how it might go over, if there's any for unforeseen things that might be helpful for me to know ahead of time. Um, so yeah, I actually have um, a new cowl that I just put out where I did cards for each of those, and I have some photos too. So if you're curious, they're more than just marketing. Um, yeah, that's so that cool. Gives me sort of an idea on it, um, but then. Um, I also got the idea from uh, the uh, folks over at Stardust Fiber Studios, who we had on in a previous episode, about how you could do it on, you know, like everything. And, of course, they inspired me by telling us that they used it for, you know, 
picking the colors that they did for their different uh, hand-dyed yarns and things, which was mind-blowing. Duh. (laughs) Right, right. I think divination is a really great way because what it, what it also can do is help us access our unconscious, right? Mm. It can help us sort of like, we are always up here in the front of our mind and we're always like, I already know what I'm thinking. I already know what I think I know. And being in a place of divination can help us bring another sort of randomized sort of like reflective type of thing, right? Yeah. Oh, well, what's, what is, what am I not seeing? Right. And it can really help us see what we're not seeing or see what's behind. Right. So divination can really help when we're doing any kind of work, including making or crafting of any kind. Um, and of course, with spells, if you, before I do a spell, I often do divination. I want to understand what's actually happening. So to, to reference and to continue the themes that we were talking about in the first half of, of today's podcast, um, if my friend who broke her rib in a bicycle accident and I'm going to bring over chicken soup, well, before I do that spell, I probably want to ca- do a reading. And so since I don't have her palm in front of me, Um, If I visited her in the hospital room beforehand, I might look at her hand or look at her hand gesture and I could pick up like, what is it she really needs? Right. Mm. And from that, I could say, oh, I really see that she actually needs some help with, you know, holding to boundaries in the hospital because the last time she was in the hospital, um, she felt like she wasn't heard. Mm. Right. Or she really could use some communication help because she doesn't want certain family members visiting because of whatever. Or she could really use some help doing things. She's having trouble taking action, mm-hmm. right? And she could really help you need some practical help. Or maybe she needs emotional help. But all those things would come through and you never know what someone actually needs help with, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on the person, they may need help in different particular ways. They may be able to communicate it well. They may not be able to communicate it well. And maybe divination can help give some of that additional information. I would always say, listen to what people tell you. And then divination can also help Mm. with additional sort of like insights. Never, never violate what someone has specifically asked you to do just based on divination. But divination can offer some additional sort of psychic or, you know, insights. So it's a way to inquire and reflect on what you, especially on yourself, what is it that you can reflect on in this case, right? So if I did divination for my friend in the bicycle accident, maybe I would see, gosh, you know, maybe there's a little bit of rosemary that can go in to the soup, Mm. right? Now, making sure she's not allergic to rosemary. I do have a friend who has an allergy, right? Um, And rosemary brings some wealth and brings some prosperity in. Mm -hmm. And that would be interesting, right? Oh, maybe this is about that. Come to find out, she actually was at risk of losing her job. And this was one of the big concerns was that. And by putting the rosemary in there... I, the spell was also about something that she forgot to mention, and it was actually really helpful to bring in prosperity. And by doing that, and I don't know, they're just connected, but we were able to raise a few thousand dollars in a, in a little GoFundMe campaign and that sort of thing. Right. And so the rosemary was also, and also hello, rosemary chicken soup, (laughs) unless you're, unless you're allergic was pretty awesome. Right. 
So this is kind of an idea to think about is, oh, is there a little divinatory information that can help, you know, add to your spell? Yeah, that's oh so smart. And wow, I can't, I have not heard that story before. <laughs> Very interesting. God. Yeah, it, it's a really fun way to sort of like, you know, think about, and that's something that is very benign, whether there's, in, you know, whether there's rosemary in the soup or not, right. Doesn't really make a difference given that any of those herbs are okay. Right. But it made a difference magically. Yeah. See, that's why I love mixing in, mixing magical elements into every day. You know, it's, like you said, it's making a magical lifestyle for yourself. It's not living a mundane life and then making time for magic. It's realizing everything can be magical if you realize that. Right, so, right. Yeah, and it's it's also just, um, I mean, for me, divination is often just a jumping off point for creative action. Um, you know, so yeah, totally. getting, getting your muscles going, your brain into being used to thinking of new ideas and thinking for itself, it's a muscle and it's easy to right. lose. So finding right. unique ways that it rings true to you helps tune it, you know, over time too. Yeah. When we had Circle of Stitches, you know, on, when we had Anna from Circle of Stitches on talking about living a magical lifestyle, right? That everyday activities, right, are magical, right? We can really start to think about what is the magical, what, what is the magic of what I'm doing right now? Mm -hmm. Right. How cool is that? Just to think about yeah. like, I'm, I'm driving to work. How can this be a magical act? Can I visualize the road that I'm driving mm -hmm. as a golden road of success as a golden path to, uh, to prosperity? Mm -hmm. Can I, I see, I want, yeah. Can I see my vehicle? as a chariot of, uh, of light or as a chariot of something, mm. can I, I don't know. There's a bazillion ways to live a magical lifestyle, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can I anoint, can I anoint my car in magical ways? Right. Sure. Yeah. Gosh, put a sigil in the dashboard mm -hmm. or in your glove mm -hmm. box for extra luck or yeah, yeah. Oh, that's all great. Just one example. So I, and I love mixing things up, right? We can mix methods together. I mean, we're certainly doing that with this podcast, right? That's true. The connection between crafting arts and crafts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not yeah, arts right. and crafts, but you know, crafting and making with yep. magic, right? Mm -hmm. So do you mix? Are you looking at how you're mixing methods together at all? Well, actually, you just inspired me with uh, your most recent um, divine hand card spread that you did for tarot, which hello, when did you get into tarot? I know you were uh, just a dabbler. And then all of a sudden, he's got this amazing tarot spread on his Instagram that uh, have you tried it? I haven't oh, tried it personally. No, you did. But you and I tried it together live. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So we went live. So this was someone tagged me in a post by us games, there was a five hand spread or an open hand spread that was done. Um, uh, and someone tagged me and they're like, Hey, divine hand, Jim, check this out. And that had me think, gosh, you know, if there was a card placement for each of the mounts and fingers of the hand, that could be a really amazing card spread that would give you, and it could work for tarot or it could work for any kind of divinatory card, any card homency could work. Right. Absolutely. So I hopped on live and Katie, you were online and I thought, well, be my Guinea pig. 
and let's see if all your fur falls out. Always. And yeah. right. And so it was pretty legit awesome. And, oh, yeah. and you actually, that's right. You did a watercolor of the hand yes. and like as a little template, like I could use that to like place the cards. Exactly. So that hand spread was pretty good. And that's a little bit of a combination between, you know, cartomancy. And so if you want that, it's free. Just go onto my, you know, Instagram divine hand gym, and you can check it out and try it for yourself. If you do try it, tag me, I'd love to know if it works for you. And also if you'd have an edit, I mean, it's kind of a work in progress. The other place, and you've taken the palmistry tarot mashup. Have you watched yes. that? Katie? Oh my gosh. So good. S- extremely insightful, actually. <laughs> Even if someone So did that change? Cards. So you're as a tarot reader, mm-hmm. describe, how would you describe the palmistry tarot mashup? Like what was the, what is I, it for people? Well, my biggest takeaway was how I was not paying attention to the hand placements at all in this imagery in the tarot cards, which are so uh, full of useful information that I had no idea. And that's the, the whole class is uh, you and Madame Pamita, right? Um, just dissecting, you know, like all the court cards and all the um, really unique hand gestures that you can find in this deck and how, how much more information it opens up for you to be able to divine from it is extremely useful. So that's a way to also bring together two methods of divination, tarot and palmistry, mm. and look at how the hand gestures in the Rider-Waite-Smith tarot deck are giving secret information. And it's really mind-blowing to look at that. Like the aces, especially at the end, oh, yeah. is like shocking. It's so like your head will lit, like will explode with like amazement at how those are connected. And so anyway, so that is a course that I offer online to anyone. Um, so you can find that again, but those are ways that like divination uh, and and the different methods come together. So, I mean, we're not really, we kind of skipped over a lot of the design stuff, but I think that when we're designing spells, when we're designing what we're making, yes. you can bring divination in to help us design both our spells what we're making and get that insight we need to think about where's this going? Where could this be headed? Can I add some rosemary to this? Maybe it needs some turmeric because what does turmeric bring in some, something else? Maybe it needs, maybe this needs some open hand network in the, Mm. in the middle to sort of catch my luck and let what isn't for me sieve through. Maybe it needs some different colors. What is really here for me? Right. What an amazing way to use divination to help us with our design. I know. I'm sure we'll just uh, figure out more ways as we go. So, uh, and if you, uh, our listeners and watchers have any feedback. We always love hearing from you. So feel free to drop us an email at knitaspellpodcast at gmail.com or you can always visit knitaspell.com or uh, check us out on our Instagram at knitaspell. You need to find out how to knit the Traveler's Talisman and all the other cool stuff that Katie is cooking up in her knitting kitchen. So subscribe to her newsletter at lightfromlantern.com. Follow her on Instagram at lightfromlantern. Do not miss out on the amazing and magical and brilliant Katie Rempe. Check her out. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Make sure to follow Jim at Divine Hand Jim on Instagram. And also you can find his tarot mashup class at thedivinehand.com. 
And also, what is this I see about you maybe teaching at an upcoming conference? What? Oh, yeah. The Astro Magia Conference is coming up in September. It's an online online conference with a ton of really amazing speakers. It's going to be very academic, very cool. I highly recommend it for everybody. And I'm teaching the um, planetary power in the palm, the modern mudras. So I highly recommend people check that out. So find that again on my website or at astromagia.org. Wonderful. All right. Well, as always, Jim, it has been an absolute pleasure and I look forward to next week. Me too. See you all soon. All right. See you later, everybody. This episode is a wrap. If you enjoyed what you heard, go ahead and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming app. And don't forget, you can see full video episodes of Knit a Spell on Light from Lantern's YouTube channel.